0: Hey everyone, how you doing? It's Nellie here. Sorry for my croaky voice. Some of you may have seen on the socials that I just got back... From my first ever cruise uh, I had a ball with my friends Jill and Trev but I tell you what feeling a little bit seedy on the land if you know what I'm saying. But look today we are joined for sloppy seconds with the one and only Wade Duffin. You remember Wade he was a bit of a party boy in his younger days hung out a lot with the wonderful Harley Breen Then he met my friend and colleague, comedian Claire Hooper, who will be familiar to many of you, and Wade is now very much a family man. Indeed, he's a stay-at-home dad who's also just gone into screenwriting. What do we talk about in today's episode? Well, we talk about how he's been. Spoiler alert, Wade sat wrong and it hurt his back. Welcome to middle age. We also talk about dating requirements in middle age and how it's much more complicated to have special sleepovers. Uh, in the free kick Wade asked me whether or not I think it's better to date people with kids or no kids Mm, vexed question we get into that we do a culture share I've been reading a fantastic book called In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Mercado and we have a bit of a chat about that. Just a trigger warning, that book is, it's a beautiful book and it's so well written and it's lovely and respectful, but it is about intimate partner violence, domestic violence, family violence, whatever terminology you use. So if that's going to upset you, I would suggest that you fast forward about five minutes at that point. Of course, we get into some memes. Oh, we take some very interesting listener calls on fat chicks um, and also one on camper vans and the freedom that they can provide. We take a letter from a woman who has started again in middle age and has just started a master's, I think, in her late 30s, early 40s now a few things we have a live show coming up in Sydney on Saturday 7th of October at the comedy store I do hope you'll come if you're in Sydney or surrounding areas the show starts at 4:30 p.m. I'm not stupid I know my audience I know you love a matinee and it stars the wonderful Benjamin law the incomparable Yumi Steins and of course the one and only Chris Ryan go to comedy store for tickets or there's links in the show notes or on my website and all the usual stuff. Now, this podcast was recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Wurrung and Boon peoples of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging obviously call me if you have a question comment or story to share with me please go to nallythomas.com follow the links or there's a link in the show notes I love hearing from you last but not least this is a sex dating and relationships podcast for adults if you don't like swearing it's really going to give you the shit so you know what to do off your fuck
1: Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly, yes, yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly, I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly, there's a lot to explore, dear Nelly, when you're 40 or more, dear Nelly, so I'm hoping we can talk.
0: Welcome mm. to Dear Nelly, Sex Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. We are back with sloppy seconds with the one and only.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a name for like second time guests as well. <laughs> it's Wade
0: Duffin. Why
2: would you call us that? <laughs> you know why. We you know, know why. exactly why. Disgusting. Well, funny.
0: to be honest, it was a listener suggestion, but did you have that phrase at school? Yeah, of course. Yeah, gross. Of course.
2: It was gross. It was funny, but gross. Yeah.
0: Poor darling Cal Wilson. Like the the words could not even come out of her mouth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She's too nice. Cal is so lovely.
0: (laughs) I've never felt meaner on the podcast than getting Cal Wilson to say sloppy seconds. Sloppy
2: seconds. Oh, (laughs) no, she really would (laughs) have.
0: So how have you been, mate?
2: I've been all right been pretty good just kind of like uh getting through life I guess uh I'm in a pretty good place mentally which is great my body's falling apart which is pretty funny yeah (laughs) so I had to go to like the physio yesterday because I sat in a weird position for too long I just sat down and I was just on a slight angle just like I had some cushions under my butt and and maybe the one of the cushions, like three cushions, and maybe they weren't like all like, you know, stacked yeah. up nice and neat. <laughs> and because of that, I like I threw my lower back out. Because like I sat there for like two hours just writing, just da 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 da. da. Then I go to the physio. Ridiculous. I'll tell you
0: what, if that's the not a story
2: of middle age, I don't yeah. know what is. Like what it ha- <laughs> she's like what happened to you and I'm like well I just had a sit yeah and now I'm here
0: <laughs> I sat wrong I yeah. um presented at an event recently and I talked about my first like date like going back into dating you know after the end of a long relationship and I was talking about the logistics you know when you're 20 you just fucking hook up with someone and what you'll you'll sleep in a bath like yeah. who gives a shit yeah. At my age, I'm like, I need the right pillow. What are the sheets like? I have a sleep apnea
2: machine. What about my mouth guard? <laughs> like, I need a suitcase. I, I need like the exact. I've got the, I've got my sleeping pillow that I yep. need. I've got like the pillow that I need to like hold on to almost yep. like a crutch, like like yep. that. And I have like the same set of like audio books that I listen to to go to sleep. Yeah it's like 10 books and i just listen to them on repeat yeah. and it's almost like cuz i know them off by heart almost it's just yeah. like i'm repeating this mantra in my mind yes. and then i just drift off super quickly otherwise yeah. my thoughts just they run away like yeah. i just cannot i'm just over yeah. i'm thinking about too much stuff yeah
0: all while yeah, yeah. you're trying to well you're married but in my case well you're trying to be casual i'm the easy breezy I'm yeah. like a low-maintenance kind of lady.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. With your sleep apnea machine and the mouth guard. <laughs> no, 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 don't worry about that. I'm very easygoing. I'm very easy. What sort easy. of
0: mattresses have you, have you got?
2: Yeah. <laughs> When's last time you flipped
0: it? Do you vacuum it? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> what time do you get up? Oh, that's not going to work at all. I'm so sorry. What's your alarm tone? No. no, we can't be having that. And if
0: I don't sleep tonight, I'm fucked for a week and not in a good way. Yeah. Right, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you know, which I hate and everyone else loves, when you come back for sloppy seconds, you get to ask me a question. So have you considered
2: what you wanted to ask me? Yes. And this leads on quite well to what you were just talking about. Would you prefer, like now that you're like dating and you've been like yeah. some long-term relationships, you've done like a lot, would you yeah. prefer to date people uh, with children or without children.
0: Oh, that's a great question.
2: Cuz I imagine both come with their sets yes. of, you know, positives and negatives.
0: And negatives. Oh gee, that's a good question. Um I wouldn't rule out either. Yeah. I think like to talk through the positives and negatives, I think and I don't know if this is specific to my kids cuz my kids, you know, they're amazing. But they're also they've you know, they've got some pretty complex needs. Yeah. So introducing other kids um, into their environment um, is yeah. a challenge,
3: you know, yeah, and course.
0: that's no shade on any other kid. No, not at all. Like one in particular is very, one of my kids in particular is very uncomfortable with change. So I think a lot of adults can manage that, but, oh, mind you, many can't, but a lot of adults can manage that. A lot of little kids can't. Yeah, You know, and nor should they, like, developmentally.
2: Like, no, they've and got their the, needs too. Yeah, and that's no shade on anyone. That's just the reality of the situation. Yes. Yeah.
0: The downside, I think, and I have dated a couple of people without kids. Um, this is really blunt, and I think it's not a hard and fast rule, but I think non-carers or parents, if you don't have kids in your life, you might be a really involved auntie or uncle and get it. But if you don't have kids in your life, like on a day-to-day level, it's really hard to understand the demands.
2: Yeah. You yeah, know, and um, the mental load. Yes, the absolute um, when you're on call 24-7 yeah. and it's this thing where and it's it's no, as you said, no shade on anybody, there's no criticism, but there yeah. is two clubs. You're either in one yeah. or you're in the other. like yeah. and you don't know what it's like <laughs> yeah. until you're in it. Like, And, and it's just, I didn't know. No, I didn't know. I had no idea. I yeah. thought I would know. I yeah. thought, I. I thought, oh, there'll be some stuff I, I'll be able to yeah. figure out. But um, I think before you have children, if you're about to have some, you don't realize, I guess you don't click onto the fact of how lifelong it is. You just, because yeah. you get so caught up in like, um, especially when you're about to have that first one, you get so caught yeah. up in like the pregnancy and the birth. is yeah. like the big moment. But the birth, like that's just the start. That's yeah. the big bang, the start yes. of the universe. And then the universe just keeps going and going and going and going. Yes. So,
0: and also, it's... I think for the birth part and even the baby part, I mean, it's brutal and that first year is hard, Oof. but there's a script for it. Like, yeah. we kind of like culturally, we understand that it's hard. Yeah. Whereas I would argue, like, my oldest now is 16, it's harder now. Yeah but, right. And she's a great kid and she's not that teenager that slams the door and calls mama bitch and you know the stereotypes we hear. But their needs are no less at the consequences are bigger.
2: Yeah, that's such a great way to put it. And because I guess now you're dealing not only with their needs and your needs but you're dealing with somebody who can really vocalize their needs. Oh yeah. Oh, and so yes. it's not just like crying and that's it. It's like yes. oh, now you have to have those conversations rather than like, well, I'm just going to do this, you know, which adds a little complexity. And unless you have gone through it, it's very very hard for you to uh, understand what that's like.
0: Absolutely. And I think the really challenging part of that is that, and I think, you know, I've been doing reading on this, because, um, I, I, you know, you always think, is it just my kids or is this common? And it actually is very common. Like my oldest, when she has emotional turmoil, which is par for the course for a hormonal 16-year-old, it's always wait, always at 9 o'clock at night when I'm about to go to bed. Right? Oh, really? It's really? It's like all day I'm available. I'm like, do you want to talk? Like so many fucking feelings. Like we're all feelings. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing all of that kind of And then just when I think, oh, okay, time to go and have a rest, that's when it hits her. And when I read about it, there is actually neurobiology to that. You really? Know, it's like as they start to wind down and they're not distracted by school or device or whatever it is friends whatever it is then like the worries come oh yeah you know and that's when you want to talk to mom yeah and that's really and in terms of dating like even though i joke about it like most dates don't start till eight o'clock
2: yeah that's right
0: you know like i'm entering
2: (laughs) by that stage i'm like entering rem yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, it's time to get a good book. <laughs> I've got my sleep apnea machine going, mate. I can't be going out to sushi at this time of night. You've
0: got 45 minutes. Impress me.
2: Right? Yeah. Like it's actually a
0: real that mental load thing. If I think, for example, say like a Friday night date or something, I don't know what you're like on Friday night, but I'm fucked. Yeah. You know? I... So showing up to be your best self and be like flirty and spontaneous and da-da-da. It it really is a challenge.
2: And I think if you are uh, dating somebody who has cared or has kids, you know they're yeah. a carer and they understand, then they will also have a much greater tolerance for like, yes. oh no, I've I've got to cancel because of A, absolutely B, B or D reason, or oh, I'm running late, or like yes. oh you know like or just need to like um, unwind, uh, yeah. like you know de-stress about like the yeah. child on the date, or like your day, I guess. Uh, and then on the flip side of that. There's not as many moving parts dating somebody without children, you know. Like I was sac- going to
0: say their their timetable's more flexible, and that yeah. is. Please let me be clear that neither waiter I saying that if you don't have children, you're not busy. Like no. you might work an eight hour week. Like I totally get it. Yes. Um, and you can be just as tired and all the rest of it, but I think I've noticed in dating a couple of people who didn't have kids. Like you know, you, I feel like an asshole, but I'm like, oh, well, I've got this one night available for like two hours and generally yeah. unless like if they don't have kids, they're not like managing custody. They're not yeah. managing the nights that they have. Like what if your nights don't line up?
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, so it's a bit logistically easier.
2: Yeah, because you're not just managing your time. You're managing like their time as well, oh. which you're responsible for. Whereas if somebody who doesn't have kids and to, like you just said, people without you are busy, they're tired. Yes. They're just a, a yes. shitload going on. Yes. But they also will have like a, a, a touch more flexibility and that they're not managing other to other people's schedules. They're not managing the kids'
0: schedules, their ex's schedules, on top of work.
2: Oh, of course, yeah.
0: So if you do, for example, like there's some people who do, I don't know, say one week on, one week off with the kids. Well, what if your week and my week don't coincide? Yeah, there's, there's literally not a night of a, like it's. You need a spreadsheet. Like yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I
0: think there's pros and cons to both. I have to say though, like generally, I know some of our callers have had really shit experiences dating people without kids not being flexible, I have not experienced that yet. Like if I've had to cancel or something, you know, if I've had to leave a date to take a phone call from one of the kids or something like, like I've had no pushback for that, which is great. And nor should you, Um, particularly in my case, you know, I've got kids with whatever terminology we want to use. They have additional needs. Like there's a whole other layer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't this is one of the ones where I don't really have an answer. I think it's very specific to the person, but I this is controversial, but I think it's perfectly okay for people listening if you don't want to date someone with kids, like particularly if you're our age and let's say your kids are grown, because I know we've got a couple of listeners who've got like kids in their 20s and 30s and you're like I'm not doing that again. It's fine. That's fair. That's fair. It's fair. fair.
2: I don't think you need uh, to have a reason not to date anyone. No I is agree. No is a complete sentence. It's just like, I'm just not interested. And you don't need to explain yeah. yourself. You yeah. just, we're all, you know, we can all move on. Um, just like on that with, not just on the relationships, just with friendships, like your chil- your friends with children and your friends without can be a bit different. But yeah. I've been very lucky, very fortunate, and that my friends without children are a bit, very understanding. Yes, like if I've had to cancel, I say, "Look, I've I've just got to stay at home," and they will yeah. like, I'll just come over to you then." You know yes, what I mean? I've been very, lovely. very lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think of someone like, and some of our listeners will know her, and you and I know her, our mutual friend Kelly Jamola, like who lovely have- Kelly. I mean uh, the like best auntie in the
2: world. Yes.
0: I'm just thinking of her, for example. I mean, Kelly doesn't want to date me, so that's okay. Fine, <laughs>
2: whatever. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Whatever.
0: It's all right. No problem. Yeah. But if she did, like I'm,
2: like,
0: <laughs> I'm trying but to give a real yeah, But yeah. if she reconsidered, yeah, um, yeah. like I know she would be the kind of person who absolutely would be accommodating of dating a single parent. Yes. You know, like she's very involved in her niece's lives. She understands, you know, the demands of, of caring and parenting. Very different to someone who, say, might be um, our age, have never had kids in their life and likes to party. Yeah. right. Well, that's not going to yeah. work for me. No.
2: Different, um, um, yeah, different mindsets, different lifestyles. Yeah. When um, the my girls were, like, just born, like, one after the other, I was very fortunate in that my friend Oliver Clark, yeah. the great man. Oh, my would, God. I love him so much. Claire would go away and work and I'd have the girls. And Ollie would just come around and just watch TV with me and would have yeah. a beer and have a chat. And if I had to go do some parenting whatever it is for like half an hour or yeah. 40 minutes, I'd feel like so bad. He'd be just like, dude, don't worry about it. Yeah,
0: he's fine. fine.
2: I'm just here. I'm watching yeah. TV. I'm having a beer. Yeah. And uh, then I'll leave around midnight. And yeah. so for years he did that and yeah. it just made my life so much better oh, that heaven. social connection. It was, yeah, it was heaven. amazing. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God, my favourite ever Oliver Clark joke, everything looks better on a doily. Like I just yeah. yeah. said, <laughs> <laughs> quite that everywhere I go. I've used it on dates. Uh, but you're so right. And I think that I reckon you can find that in dating too. Yes. You know, like it's very yeah. sort of person specific and one of the things you, you got to know yourself and know your limits and what you need, both sides of that. Like if yeah. you look at a situation, you go, this is re- actually too much for me. Like I don't want to enter another family. I don't want to do, then don't, it's okay. Like don't yeah. give it a crack. Just go, No. Yeah. Or if you're existing with kids and you kind of go, I have to have a family person and I would like that they have kids. You know what my ideal would be? What's that? Would be someone who had kids who were grown up.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) That would be my ideal.
2: The best of both worlds. The
0: parenting thing. But they also, I don't that, have to integrate. Yeah, <laughs> free babysitting. That's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. That's the dream. Yes, but that's a great question. It's a definitely again. That's not a question most of us face in our twenties. No. Some of us do. You know, yeah. there's people listening. Some people do, but it's it's more much more likely in this sort of age bracket. And I'll just repeat, I'm really, really big. Like, I'm really strict. I don't introduce anyone to my kids unless they've been around for a long time. And I'm talking, like, six
2: months. Oh, wow. Yeah, I really, like.
0: Yeah, very strict. I just don't think it's fair on them to have, like, a rotating cast of new
2: adults. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's really fair. Yeah. Yeah, And also, I want to keep it for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to have that, um like rotating cast of new adults, just constantly like having to yeah. meet new people. Like it's it's a stress yeah. for anybody.
0: Of course it is. You what know? if they get attached and, exactly you know, all of that kind of stuff. Also, you don't know them yet. Yeah. You know, so even just on a safety level, and I'm talking about emotional safety, you don't know. Um, them well enough would be my view because, especially when you're in that limerence phase, when you're like, "Oh my god, I can't stop touching you," you're gonna what ignore you call limerence. limerence. It's called, yeah. I've which never is heard just that word when you want to fuck your brains out all the time. <laughs> 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 you know when you're like, what like nice drunk, fucked, it. yeah, like that yeah. kind of, and you are not thinking straight. Yeah. You know, and so um, you're not looking for how will you be if my kid has a meltdown?
2: Yeah. And like, what are you going to do? Like, what's your reaction going to be? Am I going to have to worry about, am I now juggling yes. like your emotions as well as their emotions, as yes. well as my emotions? Yes. You know, exactly. that's a lot of juggling. You know, it's a lot. <laughs> and it's not like-
0: hot. That's not
2: hot. <laughs> there's no <laughs> <some> deliverance <laughs> happening there. No, there's no
0: deliverance. I mean, this seriously, if you're going back into dating, like remember the last time you were on the caller we had who'd been in a relationship for 20 years or whatever, go back into dating. Enjoy it for yourself. Like even just on a selfish level, you don't have to do the Brady Bunch. Just enjoy it as an adult. Who Like I actually really love being on a date and thinking, like for these two hours, I'm not mum.
2: Yeah, that's nice. You know,
0: nice. I'm I'm Nellie.
2: Yeah. You're not, you're not just mum. You're Nellie. I'm not and that's just it.
0: mum. I'm not yeah. like catering to everyone's needs and overthinking and, you know, all the things. I'm like, just in this moment.
2: Yeah. I don't have yeah. to worry about them finishing like, <laughs> you know, I don't have to worry about like their vegetable intake. I yes. don't have to worry about like all that stuff. I'm just like, yes, hey, you do you and I'll do yeah. me. And we'll yeah. just have a nice time as adults. Yeah. Very, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice.
0: Right. I'm going to move you on. I'm assuming you haven't read this book, but I have a culture share. Great. I, I have not read the it. book. I'm going to lend it to you. It is okay. such a great book. Now, just a forewarning, just a bit of a trigger warning. It is heavy, right? It is about family violence, which okay. does not sound like it could be a beautiful book. But I've got to tell you, like I've ju- I'm almost finished it. It's the best book I've read in at least five years. Oh, wow. Right? It is so stunning. So the book we're talking about is called In the Dream House by Karma Maria it, it Well, let me ask you, what do you know, and be really honest, what do you know about non-physical
2: family violence or intimate partner violence? I would say from a personal level, like it's not Really been something I've I've had any experience with, like yeah. like witnessing, like growing up, yeah. or even like amongst any, like <laughs> I guess any kind of modelling I've had that has been not part of it. Yeah, uh, but I am aware that financial abuse and emotional abuse are mm. very very high. Yeah, and I, if I had to guess, I would imagine emotional abuse would be probably like the highest level of abuse, mm. but. Or once again, I'm pulling those out of mm. nowhere, just out of like, I guess, anecdotally. It's it's your impression. It's my impression. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah I think it's a real, the reason I ask you that is because when I worked in family violence, which is like 25 years ago now, one of, as, as in direct service, um, the one of the things that we really struggled with was to break this stereotype. That family violence is, and I'm going to be explicit, but is like a is a woman with a bruised face and a broken jaw. Right. So yeah. that's that was in the public imaginary, that's what family violence was. Someone that had would... to be physically assaulted.
2: Yes. Yeah. That would be like the poster of the poster. Of family violence, yeah.
0: And that was necessary because, you know, I remember when I grew up and there was, um, I didn't experience it in my own direct family, but there was a lot of family violence around me and it was completely dismissed and it was normalised and it was she was asking for it or what doesn't she leave or all that shit. Yeah. So I think that moment in time was really necessary to have that sort of shock and awe of like the black eyes and stuff like that. But I think where we've moved to now, especially with the work from Jess Hill and others recently in the last, say, five years, is the understanding of things like coercive control um, and a lot of victim survivors talking about the fact that, and this is hard to hear and counterintuitive, that the physical violence is not the most uh, lasting damage, that it's the emotional violence and the control and the undermining of your sanity that
2: leaves the biggest mark. I can imagine like mm. the that mental hold that people would get yeah. into that little grip that they have, that psychological damage yeah. would be so lasting because yeah. just from a I guess I right, man, I'm <laughs> I'm so don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm. But just say like if you break an arm, it's gonna yeah. take like six months to heal. Yeah. But if you like PTSD yeah. will take a lifetime to kind of get over. And it's Ooh. It's It's a a hard conversation,
0: but I'm going to be explicit. You're absolutely right. And this is why I love this book. You break your arm, you go to the hospital, it mends. That's not to say it doesn't have psychological effects. Yeah. But someone calls you a fucking slut every day, that's going to take a lot of work to get out of your head, right? That doesn't mend with a cast. No. Or someone belittles you all the time or undermines everything you do or plays games with you mentally or alienates you from all your friends or your family you know how do you rebuild then if you've been alienated from everyone and then the relationship ends and you're alone and these are the tactics very deliberate tactics of perpetrators so the reason i'm recommending this book is for two reasons one because there is some physical abuse in it but it is primarily about emotional abuse there's some financial stuff but mostly it's that stuff it's the gaslighting and everything and the other reason i'm recommending it is it is between two women and i think that is actually a really important conversation that's not had enough but also in a way it allows it to be ironically even more accessible because you're not waiting for one to hit the other If that makes sense, you're not waiting for the stereotype of what family violence is to appear. You're just reading the emotional and mental breakdown, honestly, and then repair, but breakdown of someone on the receiving end.
2: So is it, sorry, is it just one case study almost?
0: It's kind of well, it's like sort I mean, of
2: a, case study is very kind of like yeah, you, know, you can't
0: even classify it, which is another reason I love it because you know how I feel about labels, Wade Duffin.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> but it is I would say it's a memoir. It's probably okay. a creative memoir. So the woman who wrote it was in a initially like intoxicating, delicious, incredible romance,
4: yeah,
0: as often happens. And then over time, it's that war of attrition bit by bit just getting sort of worn down, controlled, undermined, self-esteem attacked, and at the point, like there's little vignettes where she sort of re- catches herself covering for her partner, you know, yeah. like, oh, I'm going to tell my friends that, you know, she did this, and then on, on a plane journey going, leave this bit out, leave this bit out, like starting to, just the getting into the specificity of it I think is really important because we hear about emo- emotional abuse and we kind of, like, most people don't even know what it is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, if yeah. if you're, I mean, look, if you're too raw, don't read it. Let me absolutely, like, if you've come out of that recently, yeah, I'm in yeah. two minds because in one way it might re- be really validating to kind of go me too, Yeah. You no, know? and in another way it might be too much. Um, yeah. But if you're dating, and you haven't dated for a long time, and you're feeling all right. I would highly recommend it because you can see the tactics. Wait,
2: yeah, and I imagine they're um like tactics that are common throughout like different store. Like there'll be different like different Absolutely. markets hit like in different relationships. Yes. So like, oh, they're doing this in every yes single study that you look at. Yeah, yes, I can, that thing where they finally get out of one of those relationships. And where you've had all your trust broken and all yeah. your self-confidence is gone yeah and you feel like the people that you used to trust you don't know if you can trust them anymore and i'm not mm. talking about the person in the relationship i'm mm. talking about like the people everyone. on the outside everyone yeah because of how everything's gone and they may just be like i just want to help this person but mm. you may not know how to no. respond to that so, no. so what a uh, insidious tactic <laughs>
0: Insidious, that isolation is a huge part of it, but also that chipping away at your self-esteem. So where by the end of it, you literally don't know what you think. Yeah. You literally can't assess, like, is it okay that they just did that? I don't know if that's okay. So I would recommend it, like, again, only if you're in in a good place. I mean, if you love beautiful writing, you'll just love it. But also just to see, and it sounds, it is heavy, but it's also just such an incredible book. It's one of those ones where I was like, I want everyone to read it. Oh, great. Yeah, You know,
2: so
0: I'll put in a link in the show notes, but that's my culture share for the week. Let's pivot to something lighter. Are you ready for your memes? Yeah, go on then. Let's hit me. (laughs) I'm expert. All right, here we go. Can't attribute it. Just one of those ones that flies around. What's with the obsession with calling food or recipes better than sex? I tried your Pinterest risotto, Sharon, and frankly, I'm wondering if your needs are being met. <laughs> <laughs> As a fellow foodie, I yeah. wondered how you'd go with that one.
2: Well, I would say one, like risotto is pretty good. You know, like that clearly sex is gonna win <laughs> like if you could have like risotto while you're having sex like that's gonna be the <laughs> ultimate that's gonna be the dream if i could make risotto and then like while having sex and then eat the risotto like that would be because making the risotto is super fun so if you could do the, both those things at the same time i don't know why we why are we excluding one from the other let's bring them both together let's all right, let me put this else. to you
0: if you are, would you choose a good risotto over mediocre sex Obviously not with Claire. Like let's, Claire's out of the equation. Yeah,
2: this is like a a good, okay, the world's best risotto over mediocre sex, yeah, absolutely. You'd choose the risotto? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Like the world's best, of course. Yeah. Of course. But I would choose the world's best sex over the world's best risotto.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah, this is where it seats a nuanced conversation, mate.
2: Yeah, see, a th- <laughs> 3 out of 10 sex is never going to beat a 10 out of 10 risotto. But, you know, where does that number get up to? It's like 5 out of 10, 6 out of six, 5, it's 5 out of 10. <laughs> I'll be honest, 5 out of 10.
0: 6, I reckon 6 or 7.
2: Yeah, you go 6 or 7. I, 6 or 7? I go. I, I reckon i will go 5. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anything under 5, I'm taking that risotto, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe i have an That idea. And, and then I was- because I'd had all that sex i'd be super hungry i'm making a risotto you Have both.
0: <laughs> yeah see? have both
2: this Treat is why yourself. i love you these false binaries just yeah. fucking
0: have both sharon
2: yeah come on sharon do yourself <laughs> a favor get your recipes not on pinterest find somewhere a bit better all
0: right well and to be fair to sharon as a as a food photo sharer you can put that on the internet you're not going to put pictures, well, most people are not oh, going to put pictures of themselves
2: having sex on the internet. I'm not here to judge anybody for what you're yeah. going to put on the internet. To be honest. <laughs> you, if you're all consensual, you put it on there, all right? If it's, it's in a safe spot, you want to do it, do it.
0: Wade Duffin, I if I put a picture of myself tomorrow on Instagram having sex with someone, I think you'd call me and go,
2: you are all right? I would text you. I would not call. (laughs) I would not be up for that conversation, but I would send you a text and say, Nellie, are you okay? You've done this thing. I think you've gone to the wrong website, but uh, you're an adult. Do what you like. Did
0: you mean to upload to your OnlyFans? Yes. Um, (laughs) All right, my next one. So my brain, don't even say shit. Just let it go. It's not worth it. My mouth, listen here, fucker. (laughs) <laughs> you you're not heard... confrontational are you
2: not really no um but i heard that there are two ways of thinking this might be a bit different to what you just said some people think in words and other people don't really think the words just come out yes so when i think of myself i don't really think of like what i'm going to say before i say it it, yeah. it just comes out of my mouth yes so yes.
0: that's why yeah. i've given you this meme
2: so my brain reckon, like you not saying...
0: confrontational but you are like you do not overly censor what you say either
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> i mean maybe i should but my brain isn't sitting and going maybe don't say that one it's just like yeah. it just comes out and like oh too late could have gone with some uh you know some revision there could have done yeah like... <laughs> Anyway, Are
0: there situations where you think, I wish I'd
2: just said, listen here, fucker. Man, there are situations where I wish I hadn't have said what I said. And it's not when I've been confrontational or been confrontational. It's when I've told people about my hopes and dreams. It's like when I've told people about like, oh, this is what I want to achieve in my life. Yeah. And then when I've like told them about that, I'm like, oh, I feel gross now. I feel disgusted with myself. But if I... (laughs) Because it's vulnerable. Because it's vulnerable. And because I am very, I guess I would be like a bit, I'm a bit insecure, I guess. And so I'm also aware that I don't want to say that I have this hope and dream and then fail at it. And then in my head, people are going, fuck, he said he was going to fucking write a screenplay and he didn't even do it. Nobody's thinking about it. I'm well aware that nobody outside of me is thinking about me. You know that rationally. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. rationally, I completely know it. Yeah. But emotionally, my head gets like caught up in like this kind of like um, loop. So, yeah, I'm not worried about like having a confrontation with somebody. Like if I have an argument with somebody, I'm like, well, that happened and that's fine. Or if I tell somebody like about some terrible thing that, you know, that I've my terrible thoughts, I'm like, that's fine as well. Mm. But it's like the. The good stuff, I don't want to share Mm. because I... (laughs) Oh, that's
0: really interesting though, isn't it? Like emotionally, (laughs) (laughs) I find that fascinating. (laughs) It's
2: so stupid. (laughs) No, it's not stupid. I
0: actually think it's really common. I think it's really common and I think a lot of... And you're not this, but I think a lot of people who have a lot of bravado and a lot of front, that's the truth. They're actually trying to like cover... Because it's, a, it's almost like the off- opposite of a vision board. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, you know, when people are like, oh, I'll, I'll put that up and it'll manifest. You're like, fuck, if I say it, it has to manifest.
2: Yes. And then I put you know? like this unnecessary pressure on myself mm. that I feel like other people are putting on me, but they're not. No, they're no, not. Nobody's thinking yeah. about it. Nobody. Yeah. And if they see you again, they might say, hey, how's that thing coming along? You're like, that's uh, oh, not. Ah! And they're like, yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah. everybody has their own life everybody's got their own shit going on.
0: Well, and if anything, they think about it, like speaking from personal experience with you, I'm thinking about it going, oh, I wonder how Wade's going with his screenplay. As opposed to, oh, has that fucker got it done yet?
2: Yeah, he you know, fucking he said he would. He was he all said fucking he would fucking mouthing off about it. Yeah,
0: it's funny. <laughs> I try and use that in a way, like as you know, I just after God knows twenty five years resumed at the gym. I say resumed. I mean, is that it's even so a resumption? <laughs> like, it's so great. <laughs> it's so great. But I knew if I told friends about it, it would make me more likely to do it. Yeah. You know, I knew that there's like a kind, not that anyone's going to say to me, Nelly, why didn't you go to the gym? But it just feels like a level of accountability. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Because if I announced to the world, well, I'm going to lose 10 kilos, then I would be beside myself every time I saw someone, whether or not they were assessing me. Yes. You know, so, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, listen here, fucker. Too bad. (laughs) Take it or leave it. Right, you Uh, ready for listener calls?
2: Yeah, go on then. Hit me.
3: Oh, they're the best. Dear Nellie, I need some advice, please. I go on these dating sites. I chat to some guys. We chat on the phone and then within moments, So they reveal themselves. They're dicks. It happens every time. I don't even make it to the first date. I talk to them on the phone. Dick. He's another dick. The last guy I spoke to he was telling me all about himself and then it turns out I don't like fat chicks. I said, excuse me? He goes, yeah, I don't like them. And I said, mm, maybe you should be saying overweight women. I mean, Come on, we're in our late 50s. Who even says fat chicks? I've got sons. They don't even say it. And if they did, I'd smack them over the head if they said that. So I said, you've got daughters, haven't you? He said, yeah, I've got two and a sister. I said, so would you say it to them? He said, yeah. If they were fat, it means they were lazy. And I'd tell them to get off their fat, lazy ass and go do something. I, I, I didn't know how to... I was just... Like this, I just don't know what to say. So I so said, thank you very much. See you later. I block, delete, and go up the website. And then I'm just like over it again. I'll get up the courage soon again to do it again. And then it just seems to
0: happen. Wade Duffin, what a dickhead. What? Yeah. <laughs> Who are these
2: people? Who <laughs> oh, are, uh, but you know, we know these people. We know these people, but at the same time, who would say that to somebody at any stage, especially <laughs> now in the 2023? <laughs> and that's not to say it's not okay to have uh who you're attracted to. Like that's, yeah. that's swipe good. left. Swipe left. That's beside that's nothing yeah. to do with this. Yeah. This is just a dude being an absolute asshole and then uh. going, Yeah, that's just that's just who I am. Yeah. And like I don't
0: <laughs> who I ams a fucking asshole. And you like, know like I like in a way, I like that he's revealing himself early before she's bothered to go on a date with him. Like it's actually yes. quite clever oh. to have a fine conversation.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> why I still can't get over. Like it's just so boggling to me. Yeah. That somebody would say that in a conversation like just in general. Like let's yeah. But to say that to somebody, to a woman that you were trying to impress, I know, to go on a date with. Yeah. Like, what did he think was going to happen? Was going to happen. Yeah. She'd be like, man, I'm glad somebody said it. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> somebody's out here. You know, have you heard this Andrew Tate podcast I've been getting into lately? You know, like, what the fuck? Like, finally,
0: what is someone has said being overweight is a problem. Finally.
2: finally. For woman only, I've got, (laughs) like, really? I mean, let's,
0: going two steps back, and I agree with you, you can be attracted to whatever you want. I personally, I genuinely, and it's not been woke, and it's not been anything, I genuinely don't understand writing off a whole category, because I can tell you what, you can meet a fat bitch and go, fuck, you're hot. Right, if you meet them in person and they're charismatic and they're but and you might like that physically, whatever, like to rule out a group it would be like to me saying I wouldn't date a short guy, you know, yeah. or I wouldn't date a bald guy or whatever. It's like we're too old for that shit. Like let it
2: go. But even like I think people um who are young, they're probably you know I guess. It is, I'm with you, because you mm. just, everybody is great. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> everybody in my sexual preference is great. At the moment, yeah. that is Claire, and yeah. so she is great.
4: Yeah, <laughs> At, yeah, at yeah. the
2: moment, forever, it's not just at the moment. Yes! Just...
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you're going to be stewing on that for days.
2: <laughs> That's right, Claire. Stone your toes. You've replaced any time.
0: But I can Um, tell you honestly, like particularly when I was on the apps, there were situations where I'd see the photo and I'd kind of go, oh, maybe, and kind of go on a date and then go, oh, absolutely. And then the opposite, where the photo is like stunning, and then you go on the date and there's nothing there. Yeah, You know, so the idea of kind of going a particular physical attribute will rule someone in or out. I recognize that for me, it's much more of a mental thing and it's not for everyone. Some people are very visual. Like I really do think if you know you're not attracted to larger bodies, fine. But swipe left and shut the fuck up about it.
2: And just go about your day.
0: My God.
2: Good grief. Don't like start calling up random people and telling them (laughs) your thoughts. (laughs) Like, Like you just get like a call. Like somebody saying, hey, we want to talk about health insurance. Yeah, let me tell you who needs health insurance. It's like a fucking, (laughs) what are you talking about, mate? Go away.
0: And then the kicker kicker for me is, oh, of course I'd tell them because they're lazy. Like the fat lady in me goes, mate, you wouldn't last a fucking day in my life. Like if you saw the amount of not just physical activity but mental and emotional activity that I do as yep. a fat lady, you would be weeping in the corner. Like I've I've got my fighting gloves on. And like the idea that someone is lazy because they're large is such bullshit.
2: Very, very, very outdated thinking. Very, very
0: outdated. Like but again, I'm glad he's ruled himself out. Yep. Now to move on to her, um, I reckon she's got churn fatigue. Right? Oh, so, she, so
2: she's been going to.
0: Oh, you know, it's like when you get your little hopes up and you think, oh, this one's messaging and it's nice and <laughs> and then your hopes are death. Like, hope
2: will <laughs> kill then... you, Wade. <laughs> it's, hope the hope that, <laughs> it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> it's like, such a great feels... <laughs> phrase. I love it so much. It's the hope Isn't that kills Isn't it you. true, though? But like, you're just, I just, I can't get over this guy. I'm never going to get over it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like texting back and forth. What a lovely guy this is. I'm going to give him a call. I like fat chicks. What (laughs) the? Did I get, did I recall call the wrong number? Like what is happening here? They're fucking lazy and I'll tell them so. My sisters, my daughter, I don't care who it is. Oh. What a piece of shit. Oh my God.
0: What a piece of shit. And you know what? It's actually really good. And look, this woman's in her late 50s. She probably doesn't need you to say it, but I would like you to anyway. It's good to hear a straight guy say that. You know, and kind of no, he's actually a piece of shit. That's not okay.
2: No, no, that's not okay. That's not cool. No. That is just real dead shit behavior. And it was dead shit behavior 20 years ago, but nobody yes. would really say anything. Yes. And it's dead shit behavior. It's even worse now because you know better. Yes. Like 20 years ago, you'd if somebody said that, they'd be surrounded by a few more opinions. Yes. 40 years ago, there'd be even more opinions yes. about it. You know what I mean? And now it's that time is done. You yes. can't just um, blame your age or your generation no. anymore. The information's no. out there. The yep. word's out. It's not yep. cool. It's not the done thing. No. It's not the done totally thing.
0: Totally agree. And if someone said that to your daughters or my daughters, I would fucking rise up like
2: Khaleesi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what well, another great phrase, <laughs> rise up like Khaleesi. <laughs> I'm torching
0: the whole city. Yeah, like yeah. you do not come at my kids with that shit, and our girls are of a different generation. And yeah. I think, and not that there's not body shaming, my God, there still is. But if I think of my sixteen-year-old, I think she'd tell that guy to fuck off.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? they've, they've got a lot more confidence, I think, as they um these newer generations, and there's they've got their own problems, they've got their own things going yeah. on. Social media is the best and the worst. Worst, I think. yeah, yeah. It is just a fucking absolute nightmare. Yeah. But also it can be a tool for good. Yeah, it can. You know what I mean? It can be like, oh, here's a silly little thing. Here's like yeah. a photo of me making a pie. Like yeah. that's what it should be for.
0: And for uh, diversity as well. And for diversity,
2: like, for giving the voiceless a voice. Like so many people who didn't have a voice yep. like 10, 15, 20 years ago, mm. now they have like a chance to like kind of like speak. Like so, hot fat chicks. Yeah, like I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to say fat chicks. but yeah, I've said I know. it.
0: You're not allowed, but I am. <laughs> I
2: know.
0: Like, really so I was saying like it for
2: you. I was dancing around it everywhere I could.
0: <laughs> but do you know what? Quite do it, and this will come out after the show, but we're doing a live show tomorrow. We're recording yes. the day before the live show. And I can reveal to you because it will come out later. In the live show, like I get down to an outfit that I would never wear in public.
3: Oh, this and
0: for me, it is it is a deliberate like contestation of that shit. It's me kind of going like I'm really inspired by Bridget Everett and those kind of um, you know figures in public. It's like, why am I covering up my body? Yeah. Right? I don't yeah. need to do that. And I ne- I think when you, the upside of something like social media is that you can see, like our kids can also see um, people of different ages and stages and body sizes and types and all that sort of stuff. And it can be normalized. Depends who they follow.
2: Yes. Because there's the other side of it yeah. as well. Yeah. Like the complete flip side of that. Um, But, yeah, I agree. Like, it depends. Like, if you can follow, like, the right rabbit hole, if you can go down, like, the right side of things, then, yeah, it can be, like, a quite a useful thing.
0: Yeah, you did the right thing. I actually love that you found that out before you wasted time and money, like, actually going on dates with him. Yeah. Um, And if you're in that fatigue, like, if you get to that point where you are, oh, men are fucked, I hate dating, like, take a break. Yeah. It's it's not good energy to go into a date with that. Take a break.
2: It's not a Job. It's not a career. You don't, yeah. nobody, you don't have to, you know, you can take these breaks. And I mean it's way better to find out in a phone call to start rather than four or five dates and we're yes. starting to catch feelings. You're starting yes. to be like, Oh my gosh, I've got the floods and the yes. floods, like everything. So I've got some paper towels down there. This
0: episode title is going to be Wade Duffin Has the Fanny Floods. No. That <laughs> is what it's going to be. So you better let
4: Claire know. Right. Are really you ready so. for another? another call
2: oh yeah i love these these are are the best
4: hey nelly it's ruby speaking i've left a couple of messages for you in the past that have gotten on your podcast which is really exciting for me um yeah you you um i listen to your podcast heaps and it's gotten me through a pretty nasty breakup and um you just make me laugh and i hope you're doing well and you know your mental health is getting better um i just wanted to tell you um a little update I was so excited to see the tea towels that you guys are releasing, and I've just bought one for a camper van that I got with my property settlement money, Um, so there's my little light at the end of the tunnel after a rough few years, Um, I've got a camper van with a beautiful new Dear Nelly tea towel, and yeah, that made my day, and I hope you're well and hello to all you and all your lovely guests okay bye yes yes yes
2: yes i feel like that's an infomercial for you almost (laughs) like like an advertisement (laughs) what a lovely call
0: (laughs) that's really can you imagine how thrilled i was when i got that call
2: yeah that's so lovely to build like uh after like um a messy breakup to to start a new and very, I don't know this person, but it sounds like a very different chapter in their life. Yeah. Like a camper van and like yeah. a dear Nelly tea towel. And <laughs> like, you know, it just sounds like an interesting, um, an interesting uh, point uh, yeah. and a lot of new adventures ahead. Yes. So it's, really, it's really nice. Yes. Really oh, could, good it's, for you, Ruby.
0: Yeah, good for you. I think it's really sweet. I mean, obviously, thank you for the shout out about the tea towel because it was really fun. And I will take this opportunity to say that <laughs> it includes like some of our favourite phrases from the podcast. So the way I think about it, it's like having a little like filthy self-help book in your kitchen.
2: <laughs> you
0: <know? Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like having one of those shit days and then you go, oh, cock for KFC. Yeah. <laughs> <You know?" laughs>
2: of course. Of course that was Bev. Of course it was <laughs> Bev. It's got, but... got Killick written all over it.
0: Hillick up the jacksie.
2: but she's so funny.
0: She's the the best. The thing I love most about the call, I'm focusing on the camper van because I know that feeling, like going through the shit show that is divorce, especially financially, she's obviously got a settlement and it would have taken a lot of work and months, if not years, to get to that point. And then she's bought something for herself. And it's something that signifies like freedom and a new chapter.
2: Yeah, like that is the like real. If you can think of like one thing that would symbolise freedom
1: camper and a new van. chapter,
2: it's going to be a camper van. Really, yeah. Like it stands out, and it's such a beautiful thing to be able to have that freedom to like travel and live yep. and do whatever you want. Yeah, it's such a great, it's a great thing.
0: And I think what's lovely about it. Excited. It's very exciting. And it's also not focused on finding the next relationship. Like I oh, could yeah. actually imagine her kind of going, there'd be plenty of people listening who'd go, you know what, I am. Si- I don't want to do the apps or I don't want to date again or I'm not ready. So what can I do? Well, maybe I'll go on a road trip. Yeah. You know, like maybe I'll go around Australia. Most of us have got friends in other states. Maybe I'll drive and see some old friends.
2: If you have the flexibility in your life to do it, I could not encourage it yeah. anymore. Do but it. Not encourage them all. If that is something that is available to you, yep. uh, then please do it because it just yeah. sounds like the dream. It just sounds like an amazing thing to do.
0: Great way to rebuild, like going back full circle to our the culture share, and you yep. don't have to have been in an abusive relationship to have had your self-esteem knocked. Like just a breakup can do that. Yeah. So a great way to rebuild your self-esteem I reckon and to put yourself you are going to be in situations you wouldn't normally yeah. you're going to meet people you wouldn't normally like I've got a caravan you know you you like moving around as well like yeah. you meet people you would never meet in your day-to-day life ever
2: building that um independence that you can yeah. sometimes lose in a relationship yeah. and sometimes that's a good thing in a relationship yeah. like you know like but mm. when you get out of it Mm. Uh, it's good to find that um, mm. get that sense of self again, you know, not to sound too fucking self-help.
0: No, I agree. I, like like, it's I think it's like a about look. it's focusing on the good in the situation that you're in. You know, if oh, you're yeah. in a happy relationship and then focus on the fact that you get to go to sleep with someone at night. Yeah. You know, and someone's there to ask you how your day was. Absolutely focus on that. But if you're single, focus on the fact that I can get in my camp van and fuck off tomorrow if I want to.
2: Yes, that that. does sound pretty good. Like, I'm in a very happy relationship, but that does. (laughs) does, I'm I'm gonna lie, if I could just fuck off for a few days, that would be pretty good. (laughs) See, whereas I'm
0: going, I'd like a cuddle. See, the grass is always greener. The
1: grass is always greener.
0: All right, I've got a beautiful listener letter for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, dear Nellie, I'll admit up front to not being in my 40s, I'm 26. Let me just say without qualification, all listeners welcome. Don't care your age. Right. Nevertheless, the podcast is chicken soup for the soul and is a version of the wisdom of my awesome mother in the outside world, assuaging fears of not wanting to conform to expectations in relationships and dating when it's my time. I write this after the Jane Montgomery Griffiths episode, which was amazing, by the way. I cheered hearing how she couldn't get a job in customer service and got a PhD to earn money. Amazing. I felt like a fa- Amazing. I felt like a failure at 20 to 23 because I also couldn't get a similar job, not knowing that academia would be where I would shine. I didn't get a scholarship for Masters, but I love what I'm studying and the community in my research group. Smart women win in the end. Thank you and keep up the good work. Love, Roxanne.
2: Oh, that's super nice. Hey, sort of similar to your story. A bit similar, except, um, you know, like maybe like 15 years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like earlier, but yeah. it's that thing of feeling like lost and like, Oh, I've, I've missed my chance. It's funny to me to hear somebody not funny because this is how you feel like at the yeah. time it's how you feel, but I didn't feel like I'd miss my chance until I was in my thirties. And I started thinking yes. about like what I want to do with my life. Um, so I feel not sad but i think people in their 20s should give themselves more of a break yes i think think, you know if you're in your early 20s especially and you can see people and i guess this is i understand it because in your early 20s you can see people graduating university Yeah, you can see people starting their career i get it i totally get it but just give yourself a break like you have a long road ahead in life
0: those people seem so certain and what you know from our age is that they're not
4: (laughs) no Okay, no. that,
0: that path, it might look locked in, right? They've finished their law degree, they're going to be a lawyer, they're going to da-da-da, like five years later, they're Charlie Pickering.
2: Yeah, exactly. They're doing a different thing. Or Completely. like 15, 15 years later, they're like, actually, I've made a mistake and now yeah. they're going to, read, which is totally fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, my experience in life uh, and meeting people from like all walks of life, from the most successful to like, you know, to somebody else, um, is that nobody really has no clue.
0: No. <laughs> and in like... fact, the ones that do, I'm a little bit suspicious of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part of me. Have I ever told you how I got into stand-up? No. Right. I'm going to tell you because it's relevant to this story because I was older than 26. Yeah. I'll do the abridged version. So I almost became an academic as well. So I did most yeah. of a PhD. I had a scholarship. That's how I came to Melbourne. Then I got offered a job in policy and went, oh, that looks like a nice amount of money and um, did that and found it all very unsatisfying, very corporate, very too much talking, not enough action. I'm going quick, but I quit that and went into homelessness and family violence, right? And took a massive pay cut, worked in that area. felt like it aligned with my values. That burned me out as happens to a lot of people But I had been a volunteer big sister, like in that sister program. Um, I was with the same girl for about seven years. And she wanted to go to the Fringe Festival in Melbourne um, to this comedy thing. And I was like, yeah, okay, like whatever she wanted to do, I would do basically. And we rock up. Of course, she doesn't show up. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm there by myself. And it was the Jeez Louise Funny Women's Forum. Oh, yeah. And they said to me, I'm like, I'll just go, you know, and they're like, no, you're here now. Like you may as well stay and like give it a go. And so part of that was I did a five-minute spot and I'd never seen comedy. I'd never been to a live comedy show. I did a horrendous five-minute spot, but some talent agent there saw me, liked it, and booked me for a gig. And five minutes later, five minutes, five months later, I did the Edinburgh Festival. Wow, it was just, and I was twenty-eight, right? So our caller, who our letter writer, Roxanne, I was twenty-eight. I had no idea that I would ever do anything like that. I'd literally never even been to stand up. I was highly trained in another area, and now it's my career.
2: I love that story. That it just had never occurred to you, and all of a sudden, that's your thing. Yeah, I uh, had always wanted to be like a writer and it wasn't until I was in my late thirties that I like quite late, deep into the thirties that I was like, all right, I'm going to take a punt on this. And it was like 40 when I actually started like um, this thing. So yeah, I love, I love that story. Yeah. I love Roxanne's story too. I love it too. People who find themselves. It's fantastic.
0: Exactly right. And you might shine in academia and love it. Or in 10 years' time, you might go, you know what? I want to do something different and you'll do that.
2: Yes. It's totally do that. okay. It's totally okay to have a passion and then let passion phase you. You know what? I think I'm ready to try something else. Yeah. Try something else. Yeah. If you can, give it a go. There's
0: always a path, like my beautiful 16 year old starting to fret because she's going into year 11 and 12 and, you know, what that's like, exams and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know. There'll be people who think this is bad parenting. I think it's good parenting. I'm like, I don't care, you know, like I will support you through it. But if you fail an exam, for example, I don't care. There's always a way, right? You can do the exam again. You can do the year again. There's other pathways to the jobs that you want. You might not even know what job you want. Like I care in the sense that I love you, Yeah. but I am not, it is not a disaster if you stumble.
2: No. Absolutely not. And the pressure, the, the absolute pressure. pressure put on these young kids. Mm. Like you fa- you fail now, you fail forever. It's forever. just not true. It's yeah. just not. It's an no. absolute lie. It's no. just a lie. It's yeah. a bald-faced lie. No. Dirty liars. Yeah. So I think they're dirty, dirty liars. Like there's people that put that pressure.
0: <laughs> it's too much for kids. them, Wade. It is too much for them mentally
2: if they succeed, that is great. Good for them. Yeah. But if they fail, there are so many other options. There's yeah. so many other paths. There are ways to retake the test. There are ways yeah. to reset the year. There are ways like I left school. I didn't sit those tests. I left school at the end of the year. No, at the start of um, sixth form, I'd finished fifth form, sixth form. So that is year 11, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, um, and then I, you find a way. You Mm. find a way, you know, Like, Mm. and when you get to university, they love mature age students. Oh, of course, because you do the reading. And you've got like life experience, which counts for a lot. Yes, it
0: really does. And you actually there out of choice. I did the graduation speech for an arts college in Melbourne called Col Arts this year. Yeah. And I knew that it would be full of obviously creative people, but also their parents. And I thought I want to talk to the students, but the parents at the same time. And I told them the story, and this is true, like my older daughter thinks that she wants to be a psychologist, my younger one wants to be a YouTuber. (laughs) Now, (laughs) even as a comedian, my instinct was to kind of go, psychologist, fantastic, YouTuber, don't be silly. Yeah. And then I realised, hang on, that's not instinct, it's conditioning. Yeah. Maybe she will be a YouTuber, and if she's not going to be a YouTuber, she will work it out in her own time. I'm a fucking comedian. Yeah. You know, who would, if I'd said to my parents when I was 10, I want to be a comedian, their instinct would have been don't be ridiculous. Yeah. So, like, we've got to check that in ourselves. Yes, it's brutal if your kid fails you're 11. Like, you're going to take that on as a parent. Do not shame them and make them feel like it's the end of the world.
2: No, absolutely not. Support, support, support. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: Find the way. Find, find the work around yeah like that emotional support it's like yeah. can be um it's just it's what they need like when yeah. they've failed they got to be able to fix a lot of stuff for themselves yeah but you <laughs> that's you know But you like making it harder for them is not building resilience that's just it's just not
0: especially and i'm just going back to the letter especially making them feel like that's the be all and end all you know, I yeah. think that's that's the mistake. It's not that you can't say, you can't even talk to them if they didn't study or whatever. It's not they get a free pass and they can game in your basement for the rest of your life. We're not saying that. But it's about kind of going, well, well then what are we going to do about it, mate?
2: Exactly. Here's a problem. Let's yep. solve it together. It's What's not the like next step? Exactly. It's not just, oh, you failed. Let's go and, like, um, you know, you're going to live uh, yeah. watching, like, a rerun of whatever show. I don't Friends. know. Thank yeah. you. There's a TV yeah. show. I couldn't a blank. Every TV show. Millions exist. Couldn't think of one. <laughs> anyway, like, I want to be a screenwriter. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: Watch yeah. more TV. That's your yeah. homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it, Roxanne. And please keep us up to date. I would actually love to know what your master's is on. And um, I couldn't agree more. You're, you, It sounds like you're in the place where you need to be. And, like, stay there, girl.
2: Stay yeah. there. I'm pumped love for it. you too. Come for the person with the camper van. And a pump for the person uh, doing their masters. Yep. Also, The yep. person who ditched the no fat chicks guy. Pump yeah. For the-
0: yeah. I was going to say fist pump, but I don't know I can say fist to you. It's too yeah. much.
2: You follow it by pump. I mean, that's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you're funny. All right. We're going to end on Big Mistake. So back for sloppy seconds, what do you see? What's the biggest mistake that you see or you might have experienced it or you might see it in the ether in dating and relationships?
2: Oh, I thought it was that I had made. I thought that was the question.
0: It could be, but it could also be something that you see.
2: All right. Well, I had an answer, so I'm just going to go with that one. And it's probably that it exists in a few relationships. So my biggest mistake was... Not thinking that I was good enough for Claire even after she agreed to marry me. Oh, Wade! So I, you know, she was like funny and smart, successful yeah. and super hot. She knew yeah. all these like great people like, you know, yeah. like these, and so, and I kind of put her on a pedestal mm. and I didn't think I was good enough for her. And like putting her on the pedestal wasn't the problem. It was not letting myself get onto the pedestal next to her. Like oh. that, That was the issue.
0: Oh, God. There's so much in this that I love. Like one is one of the things I love about this is notice that in yourself. Right? If someone's saying to you, you're beautiful, thank you. You know, you're attractive. Thank you. Don't talk them out of it. I can't tell you how many times I've been in dating situations, and I don't even think it's like manipulative fishing. But it's like the other person's trying to say to you, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And I can tell you being on the other side of that, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Because then you feel like you've got to try and talk them into the fact that they're worthy. You need to do that work on yourself.
2: I was putting a lot of emotional labour on Claire, like without, not consciously. No. Just because I was so like insecure in myself. And I think that laid like a few problems down the line. Yeah. Like that, that we had had. Um, it all built from like that that me not feeling secure enough, and then by when I kind of fixed that problem in myself, there were some these other issues that have kind of gone along um with me not backing my own opinion, yeah, like enough, which kind of like led to some kind of I wouldn't say not tension or anything, but just mm. me not like voicing or having like um mm. strength of my convictions,
0: yeah, it's a challenge that's a real challenge because it's a challenge to be on the other side of that too, because you can sense it. Yeah. But you're like, hang on, Wade's deferring, but I can't get to what he wants. I don't know what he wants. Like that can actually transfer the insecurity yeah. to Claire in this case, or to me or in other situations where you go, I'm trying to work out
2: what's happening here. Just tell me, please. Or like what happened uh, for us is like Claire would just start making like these decisions. yeah, And even though they were like small ones, And then she would just do them because she'd be like, oh, Wade's not going to have an opinion or he's not going to, he's going to be a bit wishy-washy about it. And it's not that I didn't have an opinion. It's just that I didn't back my opinion enough, even if it was like for the smallest things. And now we have kind of, we worked through that like a long time ago, Yeah, but that was definitely, you know, like ages Mm. ages ago, but Mm. that was definitely, um, I would say that was the biggest mistake of the relationship Mm. was like she had said yes to marrying me. Like it was yes. super quick. It happened like really quick. So yeah. why would she say yes if she didn't yeah. think that I was like um, worthy. like wrong, worthy? Yeah. So I would say that would be the biggest mistake that I have yeah. made. And I would say that would be a big mistake that a lot of people make. Don't put your partner yeah. on a pedestal that you're not no. willing to climb up to yourself. Yeah. That's not to say take them off the pedestal. Put them no. up there. Yeah, you get up there that. with them.
0: Exactly. And take the validation. I think that is beautiful because it's even more likely, quite frankly, when you've been through divorce, Yeah. like how many people ring in the podcast, I feel like damaged goods. I feel like no one will want me. You know, I'm old now. I've got this, you know, my hair is gray, whatever the fuck. Like there's even more reasons to feel yeah. unworthy than when you were younger. Do not try and see yourself through their eyes. And no. it, i tell you what, it's challenging. It's really challenging if you're not ready when someone sits in front of you, even something as simple as going, you're beautiful. If you haven't heard that before or recently or enough, or you've been told the opposite, it actually is really hard to take it on. And I like deliberately now, even though my instinct, it's not instinct, whatever, conditioning is going, no, I go, thank you. Because right. I think if I keep doing that, and that's this has worked, if I keep doing that, I'll believe it eventually.
2: Exactly. And that's good. That can only yeah. be a good thing.
0: The feeling doesn't always come first. The behavior sometimes has to come first before the feeling.
2: I love that phrasing, like conditioning over instincts, because yes. a lot of it is conditioning. Yes. Of, you know, sometimes it's instinct, but a lot of it is conditioning. and yes. Conditioning can be changed
0: conditioning can be changed i'm not worthy is conditioning because you are worthy
2: yes well i know Uh, that now
0: So that's that's conditioning from wherever and it doesn't have to be anyone's fault
2: it's just is that is just the way and it's the same um just to get a bit off topic if your first reaction to a situation is negative that doesn't have to be your only reaction no if your first yes. reaction to say like a to a news story that's like rage bait or clickbait or whatever mm. is like a negative reaction, mm. you don't have to stop there. Mm. You can you can mm. think that through. And that's the same mm. thing with like um uh compliments or like the pedestal yep. or relationships. Your first reaction is not your last reaction. You can change your own opinion that is totally legal. You're not gonna get yes. arrested for it. That's totally okay to say, actually, if I think about it. I am okay. Actually, if I think about it, that situation is not okay. Guess what? Going back to this is
0: why, even though we have to hold two things in tension, this is why I find it so hard to accept that, oh, well, I don't like fat chicks or short guys or whatever. There would have been a time in my life where I would have gone, I wouldn't date someone shorter than me.
2: Yeah. That's conditioning. Conditioning. It's not
0: reality. It's not instinct. It's not how my attraction is built. It's not how I'm built. It's not ingrained. It is conditioning. And that's why I balk a bit at the idea of like removing categories. Yeah. Because you don't like if you at least consider whether or not that's come from a place that you don't like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: Like why does it matter if Zendaya's got a boyfriend shorter than
2: her? Why? (laughs) I love how you brought Sendaya into it. (laughs) (laughs) What? A 2023 reference coming in. We're not just in the mid-40s on this podcast. No, no, no. We know all the pop culture. I got
0: teens. (laughs) We had a discussion about that. Like it's actually fascinating how much shit she's got to be one of the most beautiful high-profile women in the world. It's a bit like Pierce Brosnan in our age bracket of like, why have you got a fat wife? Because I fucking love her.
2: Yeah. He just loves her. Oh, and she is beautiful. She's a beautiful woman. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I it's think gorgeous. um if I had to think of, like, I'm definitely attracted to personality first. Yeah. I yeah. think that would be it. Like, I oh, got lucky I... with Claire because I'm, like, physically and mentally attracted yes. to her. But the vibe always comes first.
0: Yeah, 100%.
2: Like, when you're walking wide, like, I guess, like, on a face value kind of thing. If you're just yeah. walking. Yeah, like, different. sure,
0: different. It's different.
2: That's yeah. a different conversation. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, conversation-wise or relationship vibe, all yeah. vibe. Yeah,
0: vibe. And the attraction can change. It really can yeah. change. Um, yeah, 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 Wade Duffin, you're a delight.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. I love this one. This is so much Aren't fun.
0: Aren't you adorbs? You're yeah. so cute. <laughs> Are
2: you going to
0: come back on for Thirsty Thirds?
2: Is it Thirsty Thirds? Yeah, I'd love to. That'd you know great. it.
0: Yeah. You know it. I'm going to see you at the live show tomorrow night in my undies.
2: Oh great I can't wait <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Wade Thank you night. I appreciate it Love you boy. Love
1: you Dear I could use some advice Dear Nelly Yes yeah, some help would be nice Dear Nelly I'm eager to hear your point of
0: Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to Nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at YoungerHill.com. Thanks to ACAST and all the team. And lastly to you, without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love y'es.